Amen. Joshua chapter 24, we're going to begin reading in verse number 23. Joshua chapter 24, and read verse number 23. And it says this, And now therefore put away, saith he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve. And his voice will we obey. Verse 25 says, So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. says he made a covenant that day in Shechem. And I want to just speak for the next few moments on this subject, the covenant in Shechem. The covenant in in Shechem. I wonder if you could put your Bibles down, your phones down, whatever, and why don't we just ask God to speak to our hearts and to our minds tonight. Amen. Let's go before him right now. God, we're so thankful for your word. God, we're so thankful, oh God, for the presence that we feel in this place. God, we pray, Lord, let your anointing, oh God, be upon the word tonight. God, let it go forth, oh God, and let it touch every heart. God, in every mind, oh God, we pray, Lord, let it move, oh Lord, in this house. Have your way, God. Speak in a mighty way, oh Lord, we pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Joshua is a great uh, study when you look into the, the book of Joshua. This is after uh, Moses. It starts and it says this is now the end. Moses has passed away. They've come out of Egypt. They've gone through the Red Sea. They've wandered through the wilderness. And they've gotten the law from God on Mount Sinai. They, they've gotten the tabernacle plan and they, all of those great things that God did with Moses in those first few books of the Bible that we read about. And then also we get to Joshua now, and Joshua begins to start with, now Joshua is taking over for Moses and being the leader that God has chosen for the people of Israel. And and Joshua begins to lead, just like Moses did, just like Moses, he he instructed the people that, that they must obey the law. And and uh, and he was going into the promised land. And as he was going into the promised land, he sent out spies just like Moses did. This time with a different result. This time the spies came back with the good report. And they were ready now with Joshua to take the promised land. This land that God had promised them for so long. And, and just like they had crossed over the Red Sea, now Joshua and the people of Israel, they cross over the Jordan and they make their way into the promised land. And as they go into the promised land, they face many battles. And, and a lot of the, a lot of the first half of Joshua is just the battles that they would face and the battles that they would fight. And the first one that they come to is Jericho, that great walled city of Jericho. And God, it was so interesting on how God begins to deal with them because a walk and a shout. Think about that. 
You've been talking about going into the promised land, taking the promised land. And you've heard about it perhaps your entire life. And now it is time. And Joshua is going to hear from God. And Joshua comes back and says, okay, it's time for us to go into the promised land. We're going to go to Jericho and we're going to walk around it. And then we're going to shout. And then God's going to give us the victory. I'm sure many people were to say that does not make any sense. How is this going to work? And how, how is this victory going to happen? How are we going to make it through these walls? The, 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 the walls will not come down just by us walking and just by us shouting. And, and, and they just had to learn. I think it was God just telling them from the very beginning, you just need to learn to obey and trust in me. It's not going to make sense how the victory is going to come to pass. It's not going to make sense how you're going to get through this trial. It's not going to make sense how you're going to make it through. But let me just tell you, in the midst of whatever trial you're facing tonight, all you've got to do is just walk with God and shout the name of Jesus. Just walk with God and worship Him. And let me tell you something, it's not going to make sense, but God will give you the victory. He will give you the victory. They had to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. They had to learn what Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6 says. When you look at Zechariah 4 and verse 6, it talks about the word of God. It says the word of God that came to Zerubbabel saying, It's not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Let me just tell us tonight, we've got to understand something that if we're going to obtain the promises of God, and if we're going to have victory in God, that we've got to understand it's not by our might, it's not by our own power, but it's by His Spirit. It's not talent that's going to save us. It's not the lights in the beautiful building that's going to save us. We're thankful for all of those things. But the number one thing we've got to have is the Spirit of God. And we've got to obey His Spirit. To obey His Spirit. These first two battles, they had to learn how to obey. Another command was given as you go through Jericho, when the walls fall down and you take the city, don't take anything for yourself. You would think they've been going through the wilderness this entire time. They, and they finally get some spoil that they can have from war and God tells them not to take anything. God tells them not to take anything and that everything for that first battle belongs to the house of God. All the spoil belongs to the house of God. And, and in fact, it's just like us giving the first part, the first fruits of our increase. It's just like giving us the, the tithe to God. That very first battle was to the Lord. But then they begin to go to the next battle and they face this city of Ai and they're riding high. God is with us. We barely had to do anything to defeat the mighty Jericho. Let's just send about two or three thousand men to take care of Ai. We can go down there and we can take Ai and, and, but in the middle of Jericho, there was a man by the name of Achan who took some of the spoil of Jericho for his own. He did not obey the commandment of God. He did not obey the word of God. And nobody knew it. Nobody had any idea what had happened except for Achan. Achan had taken it and 
hid in it and nobody was the wiser. But when those men went to Ai, those 3,000 men, they, they went to Ai in Joshua chapter 7 and verse 4 through 12, it, it, it tells the story of, of how they went and just with 3,000 of these men, they went and they had a defeat. They went and they had this defeat. Joshua chapter 7 and verse 4, it says, So there went up hither of the people just about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. It says, And the men of Ai smote them about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate of Shabrim and smote them to the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. They come from the high of Jericho now to this great defeat in Ai. And the hearts of the people melted. And the Bible says, became as water. And Joshua, the Bible says, rent his clothes. He fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening time. He and the elders of Israel put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, O last Lord, wherefore did you bring this people over the Jordan to deliver us into the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we would have been content to dwell on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall we say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall, shall, shall surround us about and cut off our name from the earth. What will thou do to that, thy great name? Joshua begins to blame God. Joshua begins to say, God, how have you brought us here to desert us now? And the Lord says to Joshua, get up, get off the ground and stop your complaining. He says, get up, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? He says, Israel has sinned. They have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them for. They have taken of the accursed thing. They took that thing. They, somebody took something from Jericho when they were not supposed to. And, and they have stolen it and disassembled also. They have put it even amongst their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. Ladies and gentlemen, God was teaching them a lesson that no matter how powerful God is, that you and I cannot stand unless there is obedience unto God. God's power can have no effect in us unless we have obedience. And he said there is this obedience to God. He says, but, but they have turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. He said, neither will I be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. God says, I'm not going to be with you anymore unless you learn to obey. I've gone through this before on the other side of Jordan. We've already gone through this. We've gone through the wilderness for 40 years, just wandering and wandering and wandering. But at the start of the promised land, now that you're in the promised land, we've got to get something right and we've got to understand something that obedience will win the battle. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say, as it was back then, it's the same today. The thing that's going to win battles in your life is whenever you say, you know what, I'm going to obey the word of the Lord. 
It's not going to be because you dress the part. It's not going to be because you're talented. It's not going to be because of the knowledge that you have. It's not going to be because you've been in church for 40 years or four years or however long you've been in church. But it's going to be because you say, I'm going to obey the word of the Lord. Obedience wins the battle. It's not our talent. It's not our treasure. It's not even the giving of our time that will win the battle. Young people, let me tell you something. You are talented. We are, in a, we are amazed every student service on how, how talented you are when you lead us in worship. But, but let me just say to our young people, you can be as talented as anybody else on the planet. But if you don't have the obedience to back it up. That sacrifice of your talent, that giving of your time, that practicing that you do to, to, to be excellent in worshiping God, all of that is great, but you must have the obedience of God. Saul learned this when God told him, you need to go take care of this city. And, and he, he, he said, destroy everything. And Saul didn't. He brought back some animals and he brought back the king to make a spectacle and he was going to make a sacrifice to God and Samuel comes to him and he says, what is this that I hear? Why do I hear you bringing something back from the battle whenever God says, destroy it all? And in 1 Samuel, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse number 22, the Bible talks about Samuel meeting Saul there and him talking to Saul and he says this, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings. And sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. What does God value more, Saul? Does he value the sacrifice that you give or the obedience that you have to his word? And he says this, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you the number one thing we've got to get, we have got to get down obedience. To obey the word, even when we don't feel like it, even when we don't see how God's going to work it out, even though, even though we don't see how things are going to work together for the good. Let me tell you something. All things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. You've got to get it down in your mind that I'm going to obey God no matter what. We cannot substitute sacrifice for obedience. We can't just say we're going to be able to do this on our own. Ladies and gentlemen, we can do nothing without God. We can do nothing without God. We've got to learn obedience. After they learned this lesson, this was a hard lesson for them to learn. They, they had to learn this lesson through pain and through loss and, and through really, they, they thought that they were really something after Jericho, but after AI, they were seen as cowards that had no power. They had to learn the lesson of obedience. But once they learned obedience, you know what now they could obtain was Jerusalem. Now they could go into Jerusalem and they could take that great city. They could take that great city, that holy city that God would use for so many years, for so many great things. 
Think of all the great things that was done in Jerusalem. All the, all the great things that we look to and we hold on to in the Word of God. That holy city, that great city that sitteth on high, Jerusalem. It only was obtained by first obedience to God when things really did not make sense. That city of promise, that promise that you want, the promise that God has for you, let me tell you something. It's paved by the way of obedience. You can take Jerusalem, but you first got to learn how to obey. We've got to learn how to trust in God and trust in His Word and, and not falter at His Word. When He says, when He says, do this, we can do it. When He says, don't go there, we don't go there. And we just begin to trust in God and rely on God. Let me tell you something. We will be victorious. After those three, there is 13 other cities that we know of that they went through and conquered. And they finally, they conquered the entire promised land. They finally made it. Finally, they had this land that was promised to Abraham. If you go back to Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 6, you'll see this was a promise that God had given to them. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 6, Abraham is now leaving his, his, you know, where he was raised and where he came from. And, and in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 6, the Bible says, And Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, which is the same place. It's spelt different in Genesis, but it's the same place that we read about in Joshua chapter 24. Abraham literally was standing in Shechem, and he got the promise from God, this promise to say this. He was there, and it says the Canaanites was there in the land, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham in verse 7 and says, Unto thy seed I will give this land. And Abraham there, he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Abraham standing there in Shechem, and he receives this promise from God, having just begin to obey God's voice and just begin to follow God. And now he steps into Sikkim and there God says, you see this land, I'm going to give this to your seed. I'm going to give this to those that are coming from you. Those, your children, your grandchildren. And let me tell you something, it was years. Many trials and battles, but Abraham had that promise from God. They had to go through a lot of different things. They went through the bondage of Egypt. They went through the famines. They went through the battles. They went through the wilderness. All of that until finally Joshua was able to lead the people of Israel. And they finally, at the end of it all, really at the end of Joshua's life in Joshua chapter 24. I don't know if it was on purpose. Perhaps it was. But let me tell you something. I believe God orchestrated it. That where Abraham stood and God said, I will give you this land. Joshua then again stood in Joshua chapter 24 and says, God has given you this land. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to stick with God now that the promise has been obtained? Now that we have obtained the promise. Ladies and gentlemen, I feel tonight that we're like Joshua. I feel tonight that God wants to be to, wants to speak like Joshua spoke to them. Where Joshua says, hey, we've obtained the promises of God. Let me tell you something. We live in a day and age where we have the promises of God. 
We're not waiting for another promise to be fulfilled. We're not, we're not looking for something else to come except for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing left. God has given us the promised land. We are living in the time of the promises of God. We're living in the last days where the latter is greater than the former. We're living in these last days where His Spirit is being poured out upon all flesh. And, and, and let me tell you something. The only way we're going to see the promises of God and the only way we're going to be able to keep the promises of God the only way we're going to see what our elders dreamed of is to learn to obey like they did ladies and gentlemen let me tell you something there's a lot of elders that have gone before us that would love to live in this day and age that would have loved to have had the resources that we have the buildings that we have, the knowledge that we have, the, the respect that we have, just the freedom that we have to believe this truth. Bishop, thank you. Dr. Myers, thank you. All the elders in this place, thank you for your sacrifice and for everything that you've done. We're seeing the things that you dreamed about. We're living in the things that you could only dream of. We're living... In the promised land, we're standing in Shechem. We're standing in the middle of the promises where, where we, we, have, we have the Spirit of God moving. My goodness, pastor can get up and preach about money and we have three people receive the Holy Ghost. We're a rich people. We're blessed. We come into the house of God and we feel the presence of God with such freedom and with such liberty. And we, 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 if we're not careful, we can begin to take the promised land for granted and begin to look away to other gods and other things and to forget to obey every, every I and every T that's in the Word of God. Well, let me tell you something. We have got to learn to make our own covenant. In Shechem. Joshua made it a point to say, we're now in the land that was promised. Now choose you this day who you will serve. Now that we've obtained the promise, is this something that you're going to buy into? Is this something that you're going to believe in? Young people, I challenge you. Many of you, we don't relate. And I, I can even say that today. I don't necessarily relate to the message from this morning. I've been raised in this. That's my story. And I'm thankful for it. But I've been raised in this. And, if, and I've learned if I'm not careful, I can so easily take it for granted. Because I don't know what it's like to come from the world. I don't know what it's like to, to not feel peace in my home. I don't know what it's like to, to have conflict in my household. I'm thankful for that, but I don't know what it's like to have those things. And, and I don't know what it's like to, to have come out of the wilderness. I don't know what, I've just been born in the promised land. But at some point, everybody that's in the promised land has to make up their own mind and get their own covenant. To say, yes, I understand what my fathers did and my forefathers did. And here's what I'm deciding. Here's what I'm choosing. That I am going to serve the Lord.
You've got to make up your own mind and your own decision. Because it's so easy. I almost titled this, The Danger of Being in a Great Church. Probably should have. But the danger of being in a great church is this. I can show up to this building having not put any effort in myself and reaping all the blessings. I can show up in a land that I did not fight for. I can draw from wells I didn't dig. And I can just live off the blessings of God. But I never learned to fight or dig for myself. And ladies and gentlemen, I feel God stirring within me. And, and I feel like God wants to stir it within many of us in this house today. We've got to understand that we've got to get a hold of this thing for ourselves. We can't say, oh, somebody else will do the work. Somebody else will do the witnessing. Somebody else will do the fasting. Somebody else will do the prayer. We can't, we can't give it to somebody else. We can if we want to. And sometimes, maybe many times we do. We live off of somebody else's prayers. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. All we need is two or three people to gather together in this place focused on God and everybody reaps the benefits of it. But ladies and gentlemen, I wonder what would happen if we made a covenant right here in Shechem. What would happen if we made a covenant in Shechem ourselves to say, will you serve the Lord? Yes, we will serve the Lord God and we will obey His voice. I'm going to do it for myself. I'm going to take it upon myself to buy in to what I'm blessed with. To begin to carry the load. To begin to hold the banner for the Lord. I feel like Jesus in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 24. He looked at his disciples in Luke 10, 24. And he says, let me just tell you something. He says, for I tell you that many prophets, many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see. They desired to be where you are. They desired to see the things that you see, but they did not see them. They desired to hear the things which you've heard, and you have not heard them. They desired to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, but they never really saw it. They were not blessed to see the things that you and I see. Let me tell you something. I'm, I know for a fact there would be Moses would trade places with us. I believe Peter would trade places with us. I believe anybody would trade places with us that you find in the Word of God to be able to live in the last days. To be able to live in these last days. Why? Because we are living in the promises of God. We're living in a blessed a land. We're living in a land that flows with milk and honey. We're living in a land that flourishes. We're living in a land that, that, that is just overflowing with the riches of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rich. We are rich. We are rich. In Joshua chapter 24, I want to read quite a few verses. Because I think it's very important for us. Joshua chapter 4, or 24, excuse me, in verse number 1. 
The Bible says Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in the old time, even in Terah and the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all of the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave him to Isaac, Jacob, and to to Esau, and Esau, Sire, and, and to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. So Jacob left and went into Egypt. And so I sent Moses and Aaron and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterwards I brought you out. I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you came unto the the sea, that that Red Sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with the chariots and the horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And he dwelt in the wilderness a long season. Here he's telling them, this is everything that I've done for your fathers beforehand. You've come a long way. I brought you a very long way. He says, I brought you into the, uh, into the land of the Amorites, which dwell on the other side of Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. He says, then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, he arose and war against Israel and, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore, he still blessed you. They tried to curse you, but all he could do was bless you. So I delivered you out of his hand. But, and then it says, and you went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you and the Amorites and, and all the ites. I don't want to mess them up. I delivered all the ites into your hand. And then he says this, I even sent the hornet before you. He said, I sent hornets before you to take care of a lot of things you didn't even know about. Which drove them out from before you, even two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. And then this verse has gripped me. And I have given unto you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you dwell in them and of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted Not do you eat from. Ladies and gentlemen, we're rich. We're rich. We're living on the shoulders of giants. We're living on the so many of the blessings of God that's brought us to this place. That's brought us to this moment in time. And we are rich. We're rich in the Word. We're rich in the Word. We didn't have to dig out the oneness of God. We didn't have to come out of that false doctrine. We've, we, we've known it for ourselves. We have the richness of the truth of God. We have the richness of the Spirit of God that is poured out in just amazing ways all over the world. We have the richness of a building like this, facilities like this, programs like we have, talent like we have. We, we live in the richness of God. The riches of God are with us. The riches of God are with us. But though we didn't do it, 
we didn't do it by ourselves. Some of us, and especially all of the young people, let me tell you something, we haven't invested anything into this. We haven't invested enough into this. But let me tell you something, it's time for everybody to make their own covenant, if you haven't already. To say, I'm not going to lose this promised land. I'm not going to back up from obedience. I'm not going to back up from sacrifice. I'm not going to back up from holiness. I'm not going to back up from righteousness. I'm not going to back up from anything that's brought us to this point. Because we're living in the promised land. We've got to pick up the passion that was given to us. We've got to pick up the cross that was given to us. We've got to carry the banner. Young people, we've got to start fasting like our elders fast. We got to start praying for the move of God in our services like our elders pray for the move of God in our services. Because there's coming a day when those that are doing the praying and those that are doing the fasting will not be with us anymore. We've got to have this covenant for ourselves. We've got to have the covenant for ourselves. We cannot just rely on this. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus meets a rich young ruler. 19 verse number 16 says, Behold, one came unto him and said, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he says, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandment. And he saith unto him, which ones? Jesus said, well, thou shalt not do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man was like, I, I've done, I've done all these things. All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Ladies and gentlemen, the way I see this is I feel like this young ruler came to Jesus and he was just looking for affirmation. Jesus, what do I need to do to have eternal life? Well, you need to do this, this, and Well, good news, Jesus, I've done all that. I've done, I was raised in this. I've done all, I've done this since I was just a young man. He says, but what do I lack yet? And Jesus said, if you will be perfect, go and sell all that thou hast. Give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The Bible says, then Jesus said unto his disciples, he turns to his disciples and he says this, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, I was reading that verse, and God said, you're rich. He said, it's going to be hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's going to be hard for somebody that has all the blessings of God. Like this young man was raised obeying the word of God. But he never really learned to sacrifice for himself. And Jesus turned to his disciples when that young man walked away. And he said, verily, it's going to be hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Then the very next verse says, And again I say unto you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle 
than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And his disciples, when he heard this, when they heard this, they were exceedingly amazed and said, well, then who can be saved? Who can be saved? How, how, how are we going to be saved? We're all blessed. We all have riches. How, how, who, who then can be saved? And Jesus says this. Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all about trusting in God for everything. We can't go through this life thinking we can do things on our own. We can trust in ourselves. With men, it's going to be impossible to do it with your own might and your own power and your own strength. But with God, all things are possible. With God, the walls of Jericho can fall down. With God on your side, with obedience and sacrifice, you can take AI. You can take Jerusalem. You can take the entire promises, all the promises of God you can live in and dwell in and have for your own. You can have them for your own. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 20 is a scary passage of Scripture because Jesus stops and He talks about what will happen from the last days. Matthew 7 and verse 20, it says, Wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. He says you're going to know them by your fr- by their fruits. It's not going to be by what they say. It's not going to be really by, by even what they do, but what, what is produced from their life. He says, you will know them by their fruits. And then he goes on to say this, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? Notice, this is somebody This is somebody that's saved or that thinks they're saved. This is somebody that knows the power of the name. He says in the last days, there's going to be people that says, Lord, haven't we done a lot of great works? Haven't we even cast out devils? Haven't we laid hands on the sick and they've recovered? Haven't we done great works in your name? Haven't we done all these great things for you? Haven't haven't we just had a great time together in the promised land? And the Bible says this. He says, and I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Ladies and gentlemen, doesn't matter how much we know about God. It doesn't matter how much we give to God. It doesn't matter how much we do for God. If we don't have a relationship with God, if we're not known by God, he says, I don't know you. You know me. You use my name. You, 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 know, you know all the right words to say. You know, you, know how to, you know how to pronounce it perfectly. You know how to say the right words. But I never knew you. I never knew you. If you go back to Joshua and Joshua chapter 13, he tells them, you're rich. You're blessed. Joshua chapter 24 and verse 13. He says, I've given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you built not and ye dwell in them. Of the vineyards and olives which ye planted not do you eat. And then he goes on to say this. This is some of Joshua's last words. 
before he dies. He says, now therefore, in this, in this place where God first gave his promise, now that we're living in the promised land, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood in Egypt, in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods, which, whether it be the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've got to have that mindset tonight. It doesn't matter what everybody else does. I'm making a covenant with God right here, right now in the midst of this promised land. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He goes on to say, the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, He it is that brought us up in our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, which did those great things in our sight and preserved in all the ways wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. It says, And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelled in the land. And therefore we will also serve the Lord, for He is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, he says, you cannot serve the Lord, for He is a holy God, for He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions and sins if you forsake the Lord and you serve strange gods. Then He will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that He hath done you good. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to stick with God. We've got to stick with God. And so he says, even though the Lord has done you good, and the people said to Joshua, nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, you are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now therefore put away, he said, the strange gods which are among you and incline your hearts unto the Lord God of Israel. And the Bible says this, and the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve. In his voice, we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. Would you stand to your feet tonight? This place, Shechem was a special place. You see it quite a few times in the Word of God, but this place, we've already mentioned it and read the verses. This was where God first gave that promise to Abraham. He said, I'm giving you a promised land one of these days. Your children's going to possess it. It was the land of promise. It was also a place of mercy. It was actually one of the cities of refuge. This was one of the cities of refuge that... If you, were, if you made a mistake, you could run to this city and find refuge from those that were attacking you. You would be in protection in this place. It was also the place where there was rest. They brought the bones of, jo of Joseph out of Egypt. And that's where they chose 
to lay him to rest right there in the land of promise right there in Shechem they said this is where his bones are going to rest he's not going to be left in Egypt he's going to be buried right here in this land of the promise but more than anything more greater than all of those it was the place where once they had obtained the promise the people rose up and said we affirm again that we will keep the covenant of our God we affirm again we will follow the word of God we affirm again and this even though we've been blessed even though we have all the blessings of God I'm still gonna make the decision I'm gonna serve the Lord and his voice I'm going to obey ladies and gentlemen I feel like God is reaching for us all of us to get involved in his kingdom like never before if you're not careful you'll live in the land of promise but never work in the land of promise you'll just live off the battles of somebody else never really have obtaining the promise for yourself you can come to church go through the motions young person you've been raised in this there comes a time where God says, all right, it's time to sacrifice. It's time to go sell something that you have. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. It's time to make some commitments, rich young ruler. You've been doing this a long time, but now it's time to take it up a notch. And now it's time to give it over to God. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to make a commitment in Shechem. In Revelations chapter 3, the end, it talks about the last church, the church of Laodicea. And it says that it's a lukewarm church. It says it's a lukewarm church. I think it's 3 verse 16. It says, you're not hot and you're not cold. He said, therefore, I spit you out of my mouth. And he says this, he says, and you say that you're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. He said, but you don't realize that you're poor, naked, miserable, wretched, blind. This is a prophecy about the last day church. We're rich. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rich. Think of the blessings of God. Man, we start to sing that song, Goodness of God. And we can't help to get overwhelmed every time we sing it because we really are blessed. We live in the goodness of God. We are overwhelmed by the goodness of God. But if we're not careful, we can say, you know what, I'm rich, but I really don't need to do anything. And we don't realize we become blind. We become poor. Even though we're rich, we become poor. And then he says this. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He said, if you, if you repent, he said, he said, I rebuke you, but if you're zealous and repent, he said, I, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. If anybody will open the door, he can come in and sup with me and we can have that relationship where you know me and I know you. Ladies and gentlemen, I challenge you tonight. These altars are open. Let's make a covenant in Shechem. Let's make a covenant today. These altars are open. Would you come? 
Would you come reaffirm your love for God? Maybe there's some things that you need to lay down on the altar today. Some obediences that you've let slip. That God's telling you, you need to obey. You need to obey. You need to obey. And you just keep putting off the voice of God. Let me tell you something. Obedience wins the battle. Lay it on the altar today. And say, God, I choose to serve you. I choose to serve you, Lord. Come on, don't be lukewarm today. Don't be lukewarm. Get a fire inside of you and says, we will serve the Lord. I'm choosing to do this with everything that I've got. With all that I am. I'm giving it everything. I'm not going to hold anything back.
something, uh, if I could. I want to have anybody that's under the age of 30. I want you to just come. If you say, you know what, I make a commitment. I'm going to serve God. Musicians, everybody, we don't need any music at this point. If you, if you say, I'm going to make a decision today. I'm ready to serve God. I'm ready to make my own covenant. I want you to just come. Children, anybody under the age of 30. If you say, that's, that's me, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a commitment. We're gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray a protection upon you because we know that this world is fighting. This world is fighting. Go ahead, push towards the middle. Go ahead and push towards the middle here. Our world is fighting to steal your attention. The world is fighting to steal your, your heart is trying to tell you to believe some other way. And I want all of our adults, I want you, all of our elders, I want you to just gather around, pray for these young people right now. Young people, we're going to make a commitment right now. We're going to make a commitment. I wonder if you could just raise your hands and personally make a commitment. You got to make a personal commitment right now. God, I'm going to serve you no matter what. Come on, elders, come lay your hands on all these young people. I believe God's going to switch something. Come on, it's time for them to take up, it's time for you to take up the banner. That's it, just push through, mama. Come on, that's it, just push through, grandma. Come on, make your way to these kids right now. In the name of Jesus, God. God, let them rise up with faith, oh God. Let them rise up in power, oh God. God, let them live in your authority, oh God. Oh God, let them learn to sacrifice, oh God. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost, God, be upon their life, oh God. God, make them prayer warriors, oh God. Come on, get a hold of it for yourself. Come on, grab a hold of it for yourself. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. Yes. Come on, I will serve God. I will obey. I will sacrifice. Come on, that's it. This is mine. This is my covenant. This is my church. This is my decision. Come on, surrender. Don't just go through the motions. Make a decision that will change your life tonight. I'm not turning back. Woo! Hataya la la bosataya rabaka.